0: You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. If you have not love, you have nothing. If you have not love, you have nothing. And that was a resolving word for me. But it was also a very expanding word for me. What He wanted me to see in the things that He's doing in this house, but also in the body of Christ. The things that He's awakening. Again, remember, everything that He's speaking is is meant to reestablish the mystery of His people. Everything He's speaking, every word, you can count it back to when this all began. I mean, I can go back as far as the first word that Randy spoke... When we started quarantine, it was of this valve being opened and not being shut that the release could flow freely through us. And all of these things are meant to reestablish the mystery of God's people. And this is one of them. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 13. Now, I would encourage you, if you can, to go back in your week and read 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. It's, it's meant to be read as one. It's not meant to be broken up. And I say that, and I'm going to break it up this morning. But go back, read it. If you don't know it, if you do know it, if you can recite it, I don't care. Go back and read it again. It's good. There's, there's great and wonderful revelation in this. We'll be in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. Let's just examine this. What, they, what, what he speaks of love here. If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. This is the love being spoken of. This is, this is a very specific love, though. This is not a love that we can create, that we can muster up. Again, that's why you need to go and read 12, 13, and 14, because it is speaking to the love of God, the agape love that is impossible for us to exist. It talks about these prophetic gifts. It talks about the gift of tongues and all these different things, none of which can exist if this love does not exist first. It's kind of confusing if you just read that passage because it's out of context. So I just want to add this little note. You cannot be prophetic without agape. Can't do it. I can, I can claim to be prophetic and I will not be prophetic. I can claim to be a lot of things. I'm, I claim to be six foot four. Right now I am because I'm on the stage. But that doesn't make it true. And the things that are found in the heart of God through the spirit of God, the giftings of the spirit cannot be found if God is not found there first. Just that's a little side note. Now, let's look at verse four. Now, this is I, I was talking with Randy about this passage, and this is very commonly read at, at weddings Um. Out of context, um, because you cannot love your person like this. You you can't. This is talking about agape love. You can't do it. You can't do it. Let me, you know the buttons that you have, and you let me know how long your love is patient in and of yourself when that person just pushing those buttons. Now patience just disappears. Right? It, it, it cannot be done. It, it's, again, this is another side note, but when we look at the covenant that was made between God and Abraham, who, who did God make it with? He made it with himself. Because Abraham Noah had no ability to uphold his end of it. Right? So recognize that. This is the love. That's the love that we're talking about. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with truth. How many of us have found ourselves rejoicing at someone else's wrongdoing? Yes, they're going to get in trouble. That's what they get. Not love. Not love. A lot of these things we can find. A lot of these things that it's saying is love. We can find the opposite in our stories. Again, just another testament that this is God's love. Verse 7, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. How many of us have been so quick to forget the testimony of God in our stories when we come to a moment of difficulty? Again, can we, can we create this love? No, we cannot. Because we can so quickly forget it in a single moment of difficulty. Even compared to the mountain of miracles that stands behind us. We'll get down to this valley and we'll think, where has God gone? Again, we cannot create this. Verse 8, love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. Done in love. Look at 1 Corinthians 16, verse 14. Let all all that you do be done in that love. Everything that we do, the evidence of this love of agape should exist. Everything that we do. This is agape love. Love only possible for God. We cannot create it, but it must be seen in us. It it kept, as I was talking about this, I I, I tend to use this word should. It should be seen. We should do this. This is not one of those instances where you can use the word should. You must. Period. It's not you should like, hey, you need to work on it. No, this is one of those staggering things that if agape love is not present, you got to read, you got to examine some things. Because that is, that is God. Because God is love. God is agape. And if we don't see it existing in our stories, then that should be a very sobering reality that you look at. Because then God is not in that story. Now God is pursuing, God is all loving, but that has to be seen for those that call on Jesus as their Savior. For those that call themselves sons and daughters of God, Agape should be the first thing experienced in us. And it's not anything that can be done of us. It's not anything that we can create. But it must. It must be seen. Now turn with me to First John 4. We'll be in verse 8. Again, we just, we just quoted the last bit of this. But the first part is really the, the sobering part kind of stops you in your tracks. But again, we, we read over this and, and go back and, and read over chapter 4 of 1 John. Because in verse 7, it starts, God is love. That's the, that's the title over this chunk of scripture. But in verse 8, it says, anyone who does not love does not know God. Because God is love. It's impossible to separate the two. But I see a lot of people proclaiming the name of Christ without the love of God. How can that be? It can't be. That's the scary part. It cannot be. And so you want to establish the mystery of God's people? Let the love of God be present in your story. But you cannot have this love if you do not know God. And what does it mean, know God? It's not talking about having knowledge of God. It's not what it's talking about. My wife knows me. She doesn't have a, a a stats facts of, stats sheet of a Parker Latimer. It's not what it is. She knows me. She knows my heart. She knows if something happens. She could tell you how I would react. Make up a a situation. She'll tell you exactly what I would do. Cause she knows me. She knows me. That's the difference to know god is not knowledge of god but that's what we've held it to because guess what if i if i only have to know about god the knowledge of god then there's nothing really i have to do there's nothing required of me to have knowledge of god but to know god requires something because you cannot know god really know god and it not affect you it not cause change in you it not bring a different situation it not bring it not bring Fruit out of you. But to know God is not to be comfortable. To know God is not to live comfortably. It's difficult. The things that he'll call you into, but also it's really not. We kind of talk about how difficult it is to... And there are moments where it's difficult. When Sarah and I moved out here, it was difficult. I mean, we got plucked completely and put in the backyard of Dairy Queen. And that wasn't so bad. I can think of worse places to be parked at, right? And she was pregnant not long after moving there. So it was like, I mean, cravings, check, got it done. I ain't got to go nowhere. I just hop the fence and boom, I'm at Craving Central and I can get everything we need to get. But it was difficult. But you want to know why it was really, really, really a struggle? Because we resisted God. We did not allow God to be God in us, and we did not receive what God had for us. And therefore, there was difficulty for three years. Self-inflicted, right? Like we talked about this morning, how many of us came in here with things that were difficult that have been self-inflicted? If you've been carrying things for years, that's self-inflicted. Now, if we're talking about identity, that's not self-inflicted. But if, we're ta- if you know the truth of God and you know who God has called you to be, and you're walking in the fullness of who God has called you to be, but then you carry things that are not of God? Come on. We know better. Don't we? I know the people in here know better. But we do it still. We, we, we cause ourselves this difficulty. This love of God. Again, verse, verse 8. Anyone who does not love or anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. Now, when I was, I was speaking with Randy, just asking questions, this agape love, what, what it is. And I'm a visual person and hence the, the water example. I don't I, I, I can't escape it and the Bible can't escape it. The Lord speaks of his love as water, as a river, as these things. But if this is me and this is agape love pouring out. I can't contain all of this. I've got a little bit of it. But can I stop it from flowing out of me? I can't stop it from flowing out of me. Because that is naturally what agape love does. And guess what it's doing? It's filling what is, what is right next to me. It's filling what is under me. Everything around me. If I had somebody else's hand stand up here and this agape love was pouring on me, they'd be splashed by it. They'd be encountering it. But what we tend to do... Now, will His love stop pouring out on me? Never. Never but I will close and I will make this fist and I will try desperately not to, not to have any of it received in me because it requires something of me. It requires for me to deny myself. No longer I who live, but Christ in me. But that is the example of agape love. It is this, it is this free-flowing, beautiful, pure water, crisp, that we are this hand and it just catches us, but we can't ever hope to contain it. But is it there? Is it ours? Yes. Yes. But it is so naturally designed to not be contained. It is so naturally designed to continue to flow out. That is its natural purpose as a river is not meant to be contained. It is meant to flow. And so, too, is the agape love of God. This this perfect love. But again, what was the key? If you are to experience it in me, what is the key? We've talked about this before. I have to be open first to receiving it. Is it possible for me not to receive it and you not to encounter it? Yes. Yes. We know this. If you want those around you to encounter the love of God, who has to have it first? Because who has he sent for them to encounter that love of God? Who did We just sent Tiffany off. And we, we prayed it, and Randy, Randy prayed it, and the ladies prayed it over her. But she is going to be an answer to prayer to somebody, as she was an answer to prayer to us. To so many that you can't imagine, she taught us, I mean, just me personally, about identity. Took it to new depths for me. Randy used to talk about these people that would have this identity and just kind of stop him in his tracks. She was the first one that I was just kind of like, Whoa. That's God. But now she's gone to be an answer to prayer. She can't go to be an answer to prayer if Agape love is not all over her, flowing in her and flowing out of her. But the thing is, is she's not the only one. Because if you have breath in your lungs, I promise you, you are meant to be an answer to prayer. Even prayer is not prayed yet. You are meant to be the answer. That's this beautiful design of us as vessels that can carry the presence of God, we are meant to be the answer. Because we carry with us the answer everywhere we go. Which is the truth and power and revelation of God who dwells in us. We don't just know about him, he's in us, he's through us, he he consumes us, and he flows in us and so naturally flows out of us. You're meant to be the answer. But you must receive it first. We have to experience this love of God. Not only do you have to experience it first, but we have to experience it in one another. We have, and I'm not talking about one another. I'm talking about this room, one another. The body of Christ should be the first place it is seen in a corporate setting. Just as, as I receive it, who should be the first, the very first person to encounter it in me? My wife, and then my boys. And guess who's right next? It's y'all. And it's really kind of intertwined because she's a part of the body. I'm a part of the body. My boys are a part of the body. You're a part of the body. The body should experience it first as we receive it and it flows out of us. They should see it in us. But not just see it in me individually, see it in us corporately. And then they get to experience it. But it has to be here first. What what did Jesus say? Go nowhere among the Gentiles, but or Judea or Samaria, but take take care first the house of Israel. Right. We kind of think about, you know, uh, we've we've talked about this and we've kind of we've got a lot going on right here in sundown. And so we're very, very focused on what the Lord is doing here. And it's like we've got we're not going we're not sending people on all these mission trips because that's not what the Lord has asked us to do. He's asked us to take care of this place first. But what do we have to take up first, first? Us. Us. We want to be the kindness project that goes out into this community, shows them the love and kindness of God. Who needs to see the love and kindness of God first? Those in here. And then they should see the overflow of us experiencing it in one another. They should see us as we fellowship doing dangerous things. And irresponsible things around the community. But they should experience it. And I tell you what, if it is existing in this relationship between you and I, and we go to these places, guess what dwells there when we leave? The agape love of God. I'm telling you, there's an agape love of God that's dwelling a mobile home. It's about four feet high in the air on some jack stands. It's kind of sketchy, but the agape love of God is there. And guess what? A family lives on that property. And guess what has just been planted? Guess what has just been established? The agape, the love of God. God himself now dwells in that place because the sons and daughters of God who let that agape love flow in us, let it flow out of us. And now it exists there. 1 Peter 4.8, it's going to be on the screen. I'm going to read it. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls like a roaring lion, lion seeking someone No, that's five. But that's a good point. That's a good point. That's good. I remember, I just read that and I was thinking in my head, man, I don't remember that, but that's good. I don't remember that. Let's go to the actual verse, verse 8 of chapter 4. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. This love that covers. There's no, there's no guilt, there's no condemnation that's meant to exist in the body of Christ. Because we love with an agape love. We love with an agape love. And now, to the point the Lord just very naturally made in 1 Peter 5, 8. We have no time to waste. Because there is one that is wasting no time. We can't can't be caught in these these divisive behaviors that have become routine for the body of Christ. We cannot be those that would be associated on this side of things where we just separate when we have a disagreement. Let's just start a new church. That cannot be. Because when I start cutting apart my body, it does not become more functional, it becomes less functional so too is the body of Christ. We cannot be separated one from another. We first must find unity with the Lord and myself. I have to be unified with the the fullness of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, completely connected to them by Him, the Holy Spirit. But then next, I have to be unified with you. Or this doesn't work. But we let these petty things keep us from that reality. Turn with me now to John 13. John 13, verse 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Just our relationships to one another, just the way we interact with one another, just the way we love. We allow love to flow in us and through us to one another. People will know who we belong to. We'll, do, we'll be doing ministry without doing any ministry. Just by existing together in love. We'll be ministering and establishing the kingdom of heaven. So if we do not, this is the other thing the Lord was showing me. If we do not experience this love between one another, God is not received in that place. How can you receive God if you do not receive who He is? God is love. And if that love cannot be found, God has not been received in that place. That's scary. That's scary to think that you could walk into a building that proclaims the name of Christ and not find God there. And it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It can't be here. It can't be here. Back in 1 Corinthians, verse 12, or not verse 12, chapter 12, verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then Miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, in various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts. And I will show you a still more excellent way. Now he continues to elaborate on this, but he's talking about the more excellent way is love. You can't just start by desiring these gifts, those are the evidence of a functioning body. Yes? To see prophecy, to see miracles. Oh, man. What what question is always asked? Why don't we see miracles anymore? Whew. Is the body functioning as the body is meant to function? That's my next question. Because look at 1 Corinthians 14.1. Pursue love, pursue agape, pursue God and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. But the key to unlocking it is God himself to pursue God. You've got to pursue this agape first and then the things that you will find in that place of discovery, that place where agape dwells, as you find yourself dwelling in it will be the gifts of the spirit. You can't have those without love and he won't let you. Thank God, because there would be so many that would grasp onto them to use them and not have an ounce of love in them. But you can't have them. We want to see them. We we can't see them until our pursuit is of love. When the body is functioning as the body is meant to function. We're going to play a video in just a second. Um, Now, this is a video that's been on our website for a long time. Um, It's one of the first videos we actually put up on the website. Um, this is by it's it's on it's titled Salvation by Major Ian Thomas. Now we've watched it in here before, and we're not obviously we're not talking about salvation, but we're talking about the functionality of the body of Christ, the functionality of of God in us, what we are meant to function as, how we are meant to function fully as God has intended for us to function. And that's why we're going to watch this. We're going to watch this real quick, um, and then and then we'll continue. So. You want, you want the evidence of God able to be God in you functionally? Does agape exist? Because God is love. Again, 1 Corinthians 14, 1, pursue love. Just that. Pursue love. When we pursue, when we receive, when we let agape love, we become the body functionally. Because now it's God able to be God in us functionally. So I would ask, are you, are you functioning? Are you functioning as God has intended to function in you? Are you this vessel? That what, that's what it is to be a vessel. It's to allow what houses that vessel to function as that which houses it can function and is meant to function. It's not that the vessel could decide what it does and where it goes. That it's not what the vessel does. And we are vessels. So are you functioning or are you needing to pursue agape? Because I'm telling you, if God is God and you functionally, we will see agape. But we will not just see it in your own life. We will see it in here first. And then they will encounter it out there. But we immediately, we take what the Lord speaks in here and we immediately apply it to out there. It doesn't mean anything if it's not first lived in right here. It cannot be seen out there. It is not a possible thing to do. So change your mindset. Don't allow it to, don't allow this word to be seen as an exterior thing that needs to happen, but a thing that needs to happen in you first. And in this place. That when a stranger walks in here, the first thing they encounter is this God who is love. Because the people that dwell in this house are consumed by agape, this God who is love. So, Lord, I pray that that would be the testimony, that would be the testament of what is seen in this house. Consumed by agape, consumed by you. God is love. And you are meant to be yourself fully in us. I pray that we would see it. I pray that we would live in it. We must live in it. It's not that we should, but we must. Or you do not exist in it. We must exist. There must be agape present. We must see it. Or we do not know you. I pray that we would receive this agape love for ourselves first. That our families would encounter it. This perfect love that endures all things. Hopes all things. Lord, I pray that that would be the testimony of what we see in our lives. And what those around us would see. That they would see this love that is patient and kind. That does not envy or boast. Is not arrogant or rude. that does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resistful. It does not rejoice at the wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. This love that bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. This love that never ends. This love that never ends as prophecies will fade, as the gifting of tongues will cease, as foreknowledge will pass away. Lord, I pray that this, this love that does not come in part, That comes in fullness would be received in this place. Because everything else will pass away. But this love will remain forever. And I pray that it would be seen in this house. And the people that dwell here. Because we would see it in our relationships with one another. You are good. You are worthy. Continue to do what you desire to do in this house. Let it be done. Because our attitude and our heart towards you is yes and amen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.